Thank you. It is Thanksgiving. I could have said good morning, but the others had already tried that one. <laughs> I'm Ray Riglin, um, Free Methodist Church in Clarney. I have the opportunity and the privilege this morning of sharing on this Thanksgiving Day um, from God's Word. Um, today isn't um, Canadian Thanksgiving, that was a week ago, but Thanksgiving is not just a date, it is an attitude of the heart. And I maybe um, fooled you a little bit when I said thank you, it should have been thank you, Lord. And God's people would respond, Thank you. An attitude of thanksgiving. I checked with a couple of very wise people. Um, one of them, Solomon. He had the reputation of being the wisest man who ever lived. To see what he had to say about thanksgiving and about our Lord... And then I also checked with our Lord Jesus, the wisest of the wise, the gift of God to us, and truly, as a people, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to give thanks this morning, uh, not just one day in the year, a Thanksgiving day, but a season of thanksgiving, an attitude of thanksgiving. And uh, I've been working at the thanksgiving message for um, three weeks now. This will be my third Sunday uh, speaking on the topic of thanksgiving. Um, there is so much there as I prepared and then you go over your notes and there is so much that you have to delete. There just isn't time for all of it in one message. I'm thankful for the technology that we have nowadays. It brings many things into our life and our um, awareness. Um, if you know me a bit personally, I'm not a great technology buff myself. Margie does the computer at our house and, and the majority of the phoning. And one of the wonderful things that came off the computer just a little while ago when she read it to me, she said, definition of a good sermon. It should have a strong beginning, a strong ending, and hopefully the two as close together as possible. We're working on that, but the scriptures are indeed full of the message of thanksgiving. If God's people are not thankful, if God's people do not know where thanksgiving belongs and why we are giving thanks, then we are indeed ill-informed, for the scriptures are full of it. I want to share just a verse with you as we, as we look to the scriptures found in Ecclesiastes 7, 
lost the verse here for a minute. I'll find it. Should have all these things written down because my memory tends to be short. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 14. And Solomon wrote these words. He said, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other, so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. And so as we consider what Solomon says there, and then we turn to our scripture reading that Maria shared with us this morning from Luke's Gospel. And you might wonder if this is a bit of an odd portion of scripture to choose as a thanksgiving message. But our Lord and Savior was concerned about the well-being of his people. He was concerned that they approach God in the proper way. If I had had the scripture read from Matthew chapter 5, everybody would immediately have clicked to a familiar passage. Oh yeah, Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. Luke chapter 6, Luke picks out part of the message that Jesus shared that day. And Luke shares both the blessings and the woes. I'm not going to go into all of them right now, but one of the things that I wanted to share this morning, that Jesus was concerned, is the fact that sometimes in the midst of plenty, of multiple blessings, it's easy to forget where they come from. It's easy to forget... um, As one goes up, the other tends to go down. Uh, Just one of those traits that we have as God's people, that if we aren't paying close attention to his word, we can become distracted and not keep things in proportion or in balance. I was sitting uptown in Clarney here a while back, in the parking lot, so I was reasonably safe, not in danger of a moving violation at least. And I was sitting in the car waiting and, and I got to witness a traffic jam in Killarney. The ones the media talk about are usually multiple, but this one was a two-car traffic jam. There was a vehicle entering the parking lot and there was a vehicle just beside me that was getting ready to leave. And so they started to back from the parking spot out into the driveway so that they could leave. And the driver was an elderly person, uh, considerable gray hair, and perhaps with wisdom was driving cautiously. But it took that person a good two or three minutes 
at least to back out of the parking spot. Um, some pedestrians walked by on the other side of the driveway, but when they appeared in the rearview mirror, uh, the person stopped and waited till they were out of the rearview mirror and then back slowly. And so this process took a little while. When they finally got backed out into the driveway and left, the vehicle behind them accelerated to a parking spot a little farther up and uh, just a little bit more and the tires would have squealed. They were impatient with the traffic jam. They were, they were uh, distracted by the fact that the God who made time didn't intend us to be always in a panic, always in a hurry, always in the midst of so much that we can't appreciate. In that instance, our seniors, a senior driver who was being very careful, but that wasn't appreciated. The time was the issue. And so a two-car traffic jam in the big city of Killarney but it gives us a little bit of insight into the things that can distract us from knowing our God and giving him thanks. Where I started out as I was beginning to prepare this message and the idea was already, the seeds of it were already, I'll try that again, the seeds were already um, beginning to turn in my mind. The aspect of how difficult it is sometimes to give thanks in the midst of prosperity. Thanksgiving is like many of the other things in a Christian's life. As we go through the portion that we have before us this morning in, in Luke's Gospel, First, the blessings. Blessed are you poor. Blessed are you who hunger. Blessed are you when men hate you. Did you ever try that one? Did it feel like a blessing when somebody was angry at you? The reason I know that person was so angry, it wasn't just the spinning of the tires to get going in a hurry. As they went by, they were talking a mile a minute, and the expression, I was close enough to see the expression on their face, and I'm pretty sure they weren't saying thank you. Not by the expression, and not by the attitude of, uh, they talk about um, body language. And uh, indeed, the language there, I'm sure, was not thank you. But as our Lord goes on in, in uh, speaking to the disciples that day, he said, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. Sometimes part of the distraction of prosperity is that it gets connected to things that are very temporary. The aspect of thanksgiving that that uh, 
connects a believer to his God is, first of all, his salvation. Without salvation, how do you begin to thank the God who has provided it and all the other blessings that go with it? And you noticed that in the portion I read, our Savior was not just talking about good things. He was talking about hunger and people hating you and some of these things as well as the blessings that he had shared as he went through this. So as we look at these this morning and consider them, and we look for a moment to another comment that Jesus made in regards to what I just brought out from the scriptures, the aspect of salvation, of being able to give thanks because we know what and who we are giving thanks to. Jesus was talking with his disciples and preparing to send them out. And he looked on the multitude that surrounded him and there was often great crowds surrounding him. And it says he had compassion on them. Matthew tells us he had compassion on the multitude and he said to the disciples, he said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth workers. The harvest is waiting. Pray that God will send forth workers for the harvest is waiting. We are fortunate that we live in the country that we do. In an agricultural community, our crops and our production are what brings this community much of its prosperity. If we look back over a number of years, when is the last time locally that you can remember a crop failure. Yes, we can remember some tough times when prices weren't as good as we might have liked them to be, but how far back would you have to go to actually experience and remember what Jesus was talking about when he said, blessed are you that hunger? More than just physical hunger, as he spoke those words, he spoke of spiritual hunger as well. But if we were to go back, and you would have to go back many decades to have the repetition to what some of the seniors here would call the dirty 30s. And yet the dirty 30s apparently weren't all bad. I remember my mother comparing them, for she remembered the Roaring Twenties. She lived through and experienced the Dirty Thirties. She lived through and experienced two world wars. And later in life, she would look back and she would often say, you know, the Thirties were some of the best years. And as a young person, you sometimes wonder, why would she be saying that? But our Lord's 
words in Luke bring some of this to our attention. There are both temporal blessings and physical blessings. There are temporary trials and difficulties. But the anchor point for our thanksgiving has to be our Lord and Savior. Apart from salvation, it has no anchor point and we can easily become distracted. Just a couple of years ago, the area close to here and for a considerable area around us experienced what many would call a bumper crop. Yields were better than the good yields that we have had for quite a long time. But it was what you would call a bumper crop. If you had approached somebody in that time and offered to give them a hundred bushels of wheat, what do you suppose the response would have been? I'm not sure I really need it. I've got bins that are overflowing already. Where would I put it? Where would I possibly put it? But you see, we can become so blessed with temporary blessings that we sometimes forget to give thanks for the spiritual blessings. So this morning, as the worship service started with the hymn, Count Your Many Blessings, as you sit here this morning sharing with the community, with your friends and neighbors, with people gathered from many congregations in one place in the community, to say, thank you, God. We need to be mindful of our Lord's prayer and his discussion with his disciples. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth workers. For the harvest indeed is waiting. And yet I suspect that in our country, in the midst of all the many physical blessings and peace, and I could name them, I could stand here and run up a list that would take up all of my time on the blessings that we enjoy. Try comparing it with any other country in the world. Tomorrow we have an opportunity to choose our government for the near future. How many places around the world this morning are the people of the world wishing they could choose their government? If you've been paying attention, you will note that the number of refugees in the world, the number has swelled to a greater number than at any other time in history, surpassing even the refugee numbers of the Second World War. Do we count it a blessing? Do we remember in our thank yous to say thank you, God, for a country, 
and a government where we have enjoyed generations of peace and of plenty and of all of the good things, where there is no fear, at least to this point, of our churches being shut down or forbidding God's people to gather together in his praise and his worship and to share the message of the gospel. So with your Thanksgiving prayers this fall, and the fall is a good time of year to look around us and to take note, the fall is a good time of year. It is both beautiful and in an agricultural community it is plenteous amidst all of the other things. Checking the words of the Bible from one end to the other, you note the thanksgiving of God's children throughout the word of God. As we come to the book of Revelation, and we've been doing some studying in that particular book this last few weeks in our Sunday school material, and one of the things that kind of jumped out at me, and I've read it probably many times before without it bringing me to focus, as it did this time as we went through the book of Revelation. If you look to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, and speaking of our Lord, speaking of the Lord Jesus, it says that he is worthy of all of the glory and the praise that was taking place in heaven in that vision of John's. This is something to come in the future. John had a vision of it ahead of time. But in heaven, at that time, Jesus was proclaimed as worthy because he is creator. And by him, all things exist and were created. Is the Lord Jesus the center of your thanksgiving? Do you have a good anchor point, or as the scriptures refer to it, um, a rock upon which to build? If we turn quickly in Revelation to the next chapter, chapter 5 and verse 9, and we will find there all of heaven rejoicing because finally someone has been found worthy to open the scroll that was sealed with all the seals. The search had been made. The question had been asked. The search had been made. There was no one found in heaven, on earth, or under the earth. So the search had been extensive and no one was found worthy. And then our Lord Jesus stepped forward, and heaven rejoiced. You are worthy to receive honor and glory, because you have redeemed us by your blood, out of every language and nation, and it describes 
from all over the earth, those who proclaim the Lord Jesus worthy. Note, he is worthy because he is creator, sustainer. He is worthy because he is the center, the rock. His blood is what has purchased us our salvation. We can't earn it. Even in the midst of all our plenty, the opportunity to give generously, to be part of that aspect of sharing. And if you check Luke chapter 6, and I would encourage you as you spend the Lord's Day resting and worshiping and sharing with family, to go back and read that passage that we read this morning, but I would encourage you to read a little further to the disciples that day as he pronounced the blessings and the woes. And then he went on and he encouraged God's people. He said things like, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, If someone asked for your coat, give your tunic also. If somebody is taking away your things, don't even ask for them back. In the midst of prosperity, if somebody took away some of our stuff, the temporary things, would it really matter? Would we go hungry tomorrow? It was one of the challenges that Jesus laid before his people on that day, that in the midst of our prosperity, consider where our salvation comes from, and then out of the blessing and the bounty of being able to approach God in thanksgiving, to be generous amongst our fellow man, to seek laborers for the harvest field. So this morning, as we rejoice together as a community in thanksgiving, this morning, as we pray and we share together, I trust that your prayers will be for many laborers, One of the things that Canada is lacking in is a bumper crop when it comes to the salvation of souls. Around the world we hear testimony of the great things that God is doing in many places. And yet within our land we hear the occasional testimony. We may have witnessed the occasional baptism But what about in your thanksgiving, saying, Lord, next year when we meet, God willing, and you give us another year, next year when we meet, Father, amongst all the many things when we're counting our blessings, we would love, Lord, to be able to give thanks for a bumper crop of souls that have found the Lord Jesus Christ and the access to God the Father that we might, with a heart of attitude, 
of thanksgiving respond to him. God bless.